It's the DMV Dine-In Podcast, where we highlight the best restaurants featuring the most talented chefs and bartenders, top restaurant owners, and the savviest local foodies in the DMV. I'm your host, Elena Spinola. Come dine with us, DMV style. Hey, DMV diners. Thanks for joining us for another great episode of the DMV Dine-In Podcast, where we are so thrilled to bring our love of the DMV food scene to you. Today, we're chatting with one of our awesome producers from the DMV Dine-In Podcast, Marielle, who gives us her list of favorite spring drinks. She happens to be an amazing bartender who loves learning about and crafting new drinks, so she definitely knows what she's talking about. We also met up with a fabulous DMV foodie, Leah, with at Lunch with Leah, who shared a very descriptive list of some hidden gems in the DMV. She walks us through some of her favorite hotspots and tells us exactly why they're on her favorites list. Let's get started. Marielle, I am so excited to do this with you. It is springtime and I love spring drinks. Who doesn't? Uh, First of all, tell us where your love of great craft cocktails comes from. Yeah. Thank you, Elaine. I'm so happy to be here. It's an honor. So exciting. Um, I would say it's kind of an intertangled sort of interest with other few other hobbies and um, passions that I have. I really enjoy traveling, learning about cultures. And when it comes to traveling and cultures, it really matches with the food and bev industry because food is such an important part of culture and drinks are just as important as food most of the time. So whenever I travel, whether it's internationally or locally in my own town, I love to frequent those local watering holes, those more elegant places and everything in in between to really enjoy what that concept is and what what is behind the concept to really learn about their culture and their interests and what they're putting out into the world. You're absolutely right about that. To travel is to experience like everything and food Mm -hmm. and drinks is so much a part of that. Uh, Mm -hmm. I also love to travel and um, I'm always a little bit more piqued about the food. I think because In my mind, I can recreate that, but drinks, I'm not the expert. You are. (laughs) So that's why we're thrilled to have you uh, share your favorite spring drink. So um, let's get to it. What are some of your favorite spring drinks? So some of my favorite spring drinks um, kind of ranges um, classics from like my margaritas, sangrias, mimosas to greyhounds or the classic Italian Aperol spritz or a whiskey sour or a Moscow mule. It just depends on what kind of vibe you're going for. What I hear you saying are some of the drinks I hear about all the time. And I swear I'm an educated foodie, (laughs) but I'm more like the one who likes to indulge. And, you know, we're going out, it's springtime. I'm assuming some of these drinks are a little bit more feminine, perhaps. Some of them are a little bit more masculine, not that it's always the case. Right. But what would you say, you know, are the top drinks that ladies are loving this spring? So let's go with the margarita. So margaritas are very classic. Um, They're very simple. It's really just simple ingredients as far as the tequila. So you can do top shelf. You can do middle. You can do lower. Um, It just depends on what your your vibe is. Lime juice, fresh squeezed lime juice is always the best. And then a sweetener of some sort. So agave is the more natural direction to go. And you definitely want more agave if you're going with a top shelf liquor as well. And then you can kind of range from there. You can do passion fruit margaritas. You can do strawberry margaritas. There's Mm. so much to go from. Well, margarita is always my vibe. And I will say spicy margarita particularly is my vibe. Do you like it when they crush up the jalapeno or do you like using like a spiced vodka? 
I like the house-made spicy simple syrups along with Madeleine, the jalapenos or the spicy peppers. Um, serranos are actually quite spicy. So if I want it extra spicy, I'll always ask if they have some kind of serrano. Okay. Good to note. I love a spicy margarita, but I didn't know that little tip. Yeah. And I, I'm, I'm guess, guessing I get the traditional little jalapeno in there, but Serrano, good to know. Sometimes jalapenos are so up and down. Yeah. Sometimes I'll have one and it'll be like a normal green pepper. Yeah. And sometimes it'll be like, oh my gosh, this is the hottest thing I've ever had. <laughs> so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, all right. Tell us about some of the other drinks. Tell us about some of the ingredients too. For those who are listening, I might want to order this, but hey, if some people want to make one at home. I would say sangria is a great drink. It's so easy to share with friends or a group of people or family. Most of the time you can find them in like a pitcher or just by the glass. There's fruit. It's beautiful. And sangria is actually more of a complicated beverage to make. And usually the best sangrias I've had or have made have been aged in some way. Um, I'm not the most experienced in that process, but from what I've learned from other people doing it, um, you have to add a lot of different kinds of alcohol. Sometimes you have a base alcohol where it's vodka usually, and then you might have like peach snaps, or you might have something more fruity and sweeter to kind of bring it out. And then you might have like cool flavors and spices like star anise or cinnamon, like cloves. It could be so many different things that you didn't even know, like vanilla. It could be so many different spices that you really didn't think and then you drink it and all that complexity comes through and it's so balanced with each other and the fruit and the sweetness and the complexity of the spices really make a good drink and usually with sangria like I mentioned it's time intensive you have to age it for a certain amount of time strain it strain the fruit out and then you add the fruit back in to bring it to the table as the finishing piece so it does take a day minimum to do Got it. But it sounds like you can be creative with it. So if you're daring and want to make one, I'm sure there are hundreds, hundreds of recipes out there. Um, and it sounds like you can really be creative. Like you said, different types of sweeteners or flavors. What's a great spring drink that's bubbly? One of my other favorites, the Aperol Spritz. So Aperol Spritz originated in Italy, actually. It was a very, it's literally the definition of you're getting off of work. Maybe it's like four o'clock, five o'clock in Italy. This is because I know in America, maybe, maybe six, <laughs> maybe seven. <laughs> but, but yeah, Italy could be early as two. You never know. So they just they get off of work in the afternoon. The sun's still out. It's kind of still a mellow day. You go to the local watering hole and you just get this spritz and it's just so light and the bubbles kind of fill your system. Um, Aperol compared to Campari, which is another Italian Amaro, is a little bit more on the sweeter side. So it's the spritz and the, the bubbles and the soda water balance out the sweetness and make it a more lighter drink. Whereas Campari, my other favorite, um, is a little bit more on the bitter end. So if you want something that's kind of more slower sipping, but still very springy and mm -hmm. light, you can definitely go in that direction too. Kind of sounds refreshing. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, this is so much fun. Uh, I'm going to end with asking you to share maybe your top three favorites, maybe ones you haven't thought of or shared today uh, for anyone who's listening. Maybe we want to try something new. That's me. I'm going to try something new. I'm a margarita girl. Like I said, I like a Cosmo. I love bubbly stuff. What would just be like a fun spring drink? You know, maybe I've never had before. I would say Paloma. Think grapefruit margarita vibes. I would also say, oh, I talked about so many. I would also say Maybe a tequila sunrise. It's an oldie, but it's a goodie. Um, grenadine, orange juice, tequila, simple, refreshing. 
Um, and that kind of leads into summer too. Maybe at the end of spring, you go into tequila sunrise. Maybe I thought that's the vibe for that one. And then I would also say maybe a mule, but you can branch out. So there's Moscow mule, there's Kentucky mules. Um, there's different types of mules you can use with different kinds of liquor. And so depending on the liquor you choose, you can modify that drink to make it fit your style. Marielle, thank you so much for sharing this great list of spring drinks. I'm going to try some of those. I'm also going to put a list of these on our Instagram and social media. So anyone listening can also check over there and see this list. Try out one of those drinks, take pictures and let us know what you guys think too. Uh, Speaking of summer drinks, thank you for sharing one or two of those. We're going to have to have you back on to talk about some summer drinks since it's right around the corner. Thank you, Marielle. Joining us now on the DMV Dine-In Podcast is Leah, a DC foodie influencer with exceptional content. Her Instagram handle is Lunch with Leah. You definitely need to check her out. Go ahead and give her a follow right now. Leah, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here with I'm you. I'm excited to have you. And I hear, well, first of all, we are recording this at Del Sur Cafe. Yep. And I know this is a, a restaurant that you like. Tell me it about is. your experience being here. So I came here after I had reached out on Instagram and there were a lot of places that were reaching out to me, but I don't necessarily always want to promote the places that you can find on Google, the places that you'll run by because they have 15 locations. Although we should also patronize them, I like to focus more on the places that you don't know about because why should I tell you about what you already know? Let's get into the nitty gritty, you know? Mm -hmm. So when I had heard about this place, I'd look through their Instagram, their website, and there weren't so many followers, there weren't that many hits, and there was no one that I knew that knew about it. And so I really wanted to come out here, and I did. I spoke to the owner. We actually got the best seat on the table, actually, with the nice lighting. We got to see the patio. It was beautiful. Um, They were able to talk to us about their history, starting up, the food. It was an amazing, amazing, amazing experience here. Awesome. Well, then I love that it's full circle, and we're recording right here at that restaurant. Uh, Tell me how you got started as a foodie influencer. So that really started based on kind of feeling a demand. At the time, like I was just posting a lot on my regular Instagram handle and just posting where I was going out. I was going on a lot of dates, you know, kissing a lot of frogs, but I was just always posting my food. And people were always like, where is that? Where is that? And I'm not a texter. I'm not somebody who's gonna respond to messages. I'm so bad about that. I need to get better this year. But because of that, it was always those DMs racking up and not me ever responding, where I'd post it one time and I started putting it in my highlight. And my highlight reel got completely full. So once that happened, I started to think like, you know, am I gonna make a second one? Because do I care enough to do this? But I do, because I like going out to eat and I like people asking, I like people trying places out that they've never heard of before. Mm -hmm. So it was quarantine, my job was closed. I was oh so bored like everyone else. (laughs) And I decided I'm just gonna make a separate Instagram for it completely and direct all the traffic there and get people to actually find out about what's outside and what's out there. So I started that last year, the beginning of 2021, literally in January, I think January 3rd, actually. And I just started a good memory. (laughs) It's just, I don't know. I have terrible memory, but I don't know. Random things will stick out to me. Yeah. January 3rd. That's the day I started my second Instagram. (laughs) Look up the date. It should be January 3rd. So I started it up and people were just like flocking to it. And it was always a thousand questions of like, did you try this? Did you like that? And then I was like, okay, I need to become more detailed. Mm -hmm. But this is obviously something that people care about. This is obviously something that people want to hear about. I'd say so. But also I'm wondering, what is it about Leah? I mean, there must be some reason why people are 
drawn, maybe you take great photos or you know how to do them well or they already know and like and trust you. Because there's a lot of people out there taking picture of their food and putting right, it out right. there. I'm one of them. No one really asks me because mm-hmm. I'm not a foodie, but I do mm-hmm. it. But there must be something about you where people are like, ooh, I like what you're sharing. I like what you're saying. I'm following you. I'm reaching out now. I'm asking. What do you think that is? I think it's the personality. So when I would post it on my page the one time, I'd usually like – be like, okay, guys, the next reel that I put up, let me tell you about it. I'm not going to lie to you because they do not pay me. I'm letting you know exactly how I feel. Ah, get this. Don't get this. Being get honest. this twice. Yeah. And I would just talk like I was talking to my girls because at first it was like, at least for me, Instagram is not that serious. I'm going to post whatever I want. I'm going to say what I want because it's the internet. You know, it's not even real if you think about it. Yeah. So I would just post whatever. And I really took that into how I'd make my captions. So I actually would use like the voice to text function so that I could literally just talk into the notes app and just say how I actually feel then I would go back you know put in punctuation and like fix it up so that it made sense but I would literally just speak it out like I was speaking to my friends and I feel like people get that like yeah. it's girl to friend girl yeah. to girl girl to guy it's authentic whoever. like yeah. you're just being honest yeah, it's just and being that's Leah. huge because that's the other thing you can go on social media and you can see these glitzy photos and positive things about any place and then mm-hmm. show up and like it's not quite that way right and it's just that person making you know, an alleyway look like a runway and it's not. Right. But if you're being honest, then, you know, people really appreciate that. They know what they're getting into. And, and then when they start to trust you, now they're really relying on you for some, some great foodie advice. I would hope so. I yeah. mean, I really try to be as honest as possible. And for example, there are times where I've been invited out or even I'll just go out to a restaurant and I'm like, wow, I did not like this. Mm-hmm. Like I did not like the service. So how do you handle that? Do so, you, I mean, you don't want to You know, I don't want to talk down on any restaurants because at the end of the day, you can go without me talking about it at all. And I'd much rather just go without. A lot of times I just decide I won't post or I'll let them know, like, especially if they've invited me, like, I can't post this. Like, there's just no way I can promote Mm -hmm. what I don't believe in. But, you know, best of luck to you guys still. Yeah. Um, Other times, a lot of times it's just a thousand great things. Maybe one thing where I was like, guys, if there's other things on the menu, take the other things on the menu. But also, I'm also very honest about the fact that I'm a very picky eater Mm. as funny as it sounds like ironically I'm such a picky eater and Mm -hmm. a lot of times I'm trying things for the first time and because of that I let people know this is not bad my friends loved it I'm a picky eater (laughs) trust me 50 percent right you know have it if you want (laughs) right but I'm letting you know I'm a picky eater and it was not for me yeah but well here's what I like since you're a picky eater and since you're going to just tell the truth, mm-hmm. if you're going to share something you like, you better believe that if Leah likes it, it's probably great. Probably something someone wants exactly. to check out because she's not making stuff up See? and she's a picky eater. I agree. <laughs> I'm the expert because honestly, if somebody eats everything, can you really trust what they're going to say? If right. they'll eat anything. And everything's so great. Exactly. Everything's delicious. But you know what? Not right. everything is They're great barely a source then. It's like yeah. asking a kid, like, what's the best fruit snacks? I think anything that's pink and is squishy is going to taste good to them. But if I'm going to tell you, you know, I don't really like a lot of things, but I like this. Yeah. That's says something you know yeah yeah so how um what's the how how adventurous are you then like are you are you willing and open to trying all kinds of different cuisines for the sake of lunch with Leah you really want to share or you know are you just doing you and you're going to share what you find so both I do try to just keep it authentic like when I find a restaurant that I really like or I've found something that people have talked about or something I just googled or stepped upon I'll usually just try it just because it's like you know if I haven't heard of it there's somebody else who hasn't heard of it either But at the same time, like, I do like to just go out of the box. Like, when I've seen somebody eat something that's really crazy or something that I'm like, wow, I would never try this, I should try this, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. I had octopus for the first time recently. I remember eating it and being like, wow, would I try this twice? Probably not. Mm. But at least for me, and I feel like it's my mantra in general. How was it prepared? Do you remember? So it was like... I don't know. I was it fried or was it kind of like... It was like broiled almost, oh, you know? So okay. it was like 
like almost a little firm on the outside, but it was squishy still. It was warm, like mm -hmm. it was tender. Like it was just not what I've expected right. out of an octopus. And I yeah. think that sometimes I do that where I'm like, okay, I can think of the animal and I need to not think of the animal. I need to think of the food itself. <laughs> yes. Or just food in general. I'm like, Especially okay. Especially if you're, if you're listening and you're a picky eater, don't think too hard. Yeah. <laughs> just give it a try. That happens to me all the time. I'm like eating eggs and I'm like, hmm, this tastes this like an egg. Like? This tastes like an egg. Let's not talk about where it came from exactly. Let's right. just enjoy the Exactly. Egg. Don't overthink. Just taste. Yeah. Close your eyes. Just taste. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, a lot of times I'll just try things for the first time. I think that for me, I'll try anything once, no matter what it is. Like, and you can quote me on that. I will try anything at all one time okay now whether or not i go back that's depending on how i feel but i'll try anything once okay so that answers my question you're pretty adventurous i try to be i like that all right let's talk about the foodie scene or the the the, the scene in dc how mm. would you describe that the food scene here it's top tier ah. that's the best way to put it it's top tier i mean i've been all over like in this country out this country all over i just feel like dc really is like the embodiment of a mixing bowl when it comes to food and culture in general i mean you literally have anything and everything here like the embassies will say that when you step outside you'll see that right. but generally speaking when it comes to food you can find anything here like and it's great that places like del sur even exist finding uruguayan food for the first time i would have never had it i feel like in other places although i'm sure there are places you can get it but DC is so unique that you can go down one street and find 50 different countries in culture within their food. And I love that about here. I love that about here too. And I think you hit the nail on the head. The, the foodie scene is sort of an extension of the culture here. Yeah. It's an international culture. You're going to find international cuisine. Exactly. And then as you mentioned, it's also kind of top tier. Top tier. Yeah. So tell me about some of your favorite restaurants. Wow, so I really do have a lot of favorite restaurants. I would say that there's a lot of hidden gems here. Ah, well, we're going to get into that. I want to oh, hear. Yeah. I think you've got a list for us. And that's mm -hmm. why I love having foodies on the show, because you're the expert. You're out here in the field. You're doing your thing. And you're able to give our listeners kind of something that they might not know. Absolutely. Um, I think we might be ready for that. So why don't we I go am. ahead and I'd love to hear your, what is it, top 10 hidden yeah, my gems? top 10 hidden gems All right, in DC. Okay. So first and foremost, look around. We're at Del Sur. This is the place to go. It's amazing. It's beautiful in here. The decor from when you step into the door to when you walk back out, the drinks, the food, 10 out of 10. Can't be topped. I love it here. Um, also, I'm from Ghana, West Africa. So... It wouldn't be right if I didn't speak on our <laughs> own food as well. Apio is one of the best. I love it there. It's also in D.C. It's kind of like down a little nook. Like it's down some stairs. It's really cute. Um, they have authentic music in there, Ghanaian music. They have our drinks, our food. Foods that not every restaurant will always promote like mm -hmm. for example we have a lot of foods that you eat with your hands pretty mm -hmm. much anything can be eaten with your hands even rice mm -hmm. and they kind of encourage you to eat it like we would eat it yeah they have our live music Ghanaian um, artists and Ghanaian um, bands mm -hmm. and they play Ghanaian music I love it there it's just it's so good it's so nice food's authentic yeah so it reminds me kind of so you walk in and you're stepping inside of like a Ghanaian cafe. Exactly. Kind of like we're here now and you step right. inside from the decor to the food to the drinks, everything. You're really going to embrace this South American exactly. food. And I love that about restaurants in general too. Yes. Yeah. So. DC does a great job with that. Yeah. So Apio is lovely. I love it there. Um, Lydia on H. Love it there. That's Northeast. Great food as well. Great ambiance. Like there'll be people sitting down eating and when I tell you from wall to wall there's people packed in there if there's people who can't get a table to sit down they'll stand up and dance they'll sit at the bar and get a food and get some like finger foods to eat like 
it's such a cute spot, a cute vibe. You mentioned dancing. Why is that? They just play, they're playing great music? They have great music. They play a lot of African music, not just like, you know, the things that our parents were listening to, but things that a lot of my generation is listening to. The Burna Boy, The Wiz Kid, Quessy Arthur, and a lot of Caribbean music as well. So, I mean, it's just a good mix. It's a great place to get that kind of stuff. Um, I would say a lot of times, like, when it comes to these different cultures, they try to embody a little bit of, you know, the culture they come from, and also a little of American culture to kind of like fit the mix. But the first three places I've mentioned so far, I feel like they're very good at sticking to their complete culture. They're good at sticking to what they came there for, what they came to promote, and they do it like 100%. So I love that. that. So Lydia on H is another one. Another one I actually really like would be Chef Skip. So Chef Skip's pretty new. It's near Howard, you mm-hmm. know, H-U. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really good. They have po' boys. It's really DC. Like, it's ah. just very DC. I yeah. feel like it really gives a good idea of the culture of DC itself, not just like the mixing bowl type of culture, but DC. Like, like the DC. Like the chocolate yeah. city DC, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the real DC, the DC 20 plus years ago, you know, before it really got like super congested in here, and DC's always been congested. It's right. a small city, really. Very a small. lot going on. I in say a it's small a city. it's a it's a big town with the city feel. Yeah, it's small. It really yeah. is. It's like a micro country. Like it, there's just so much going on here. But when you really look at it on a map, DC's tiny. Mm-hmm. But I feel like Chef Skip is a good idea of what DC is. You know, like yeah. they have a lot of like old school go-go music playing in there you know the girls at the front you know they might be in there on the phone like it's not even like bad service necessarily but they're just being very authentic and Mm -hmm. I love that and Mm -hmm. I feel like maybe that's what it is that I love about restaurants in general the authenticity you know so I really like it there as well Um, another one on my top 10 I would say is Ella Grace okay Ella Grace is also it's right near um, Lydia actually I think they're like they might be next door to each other but Ella Grace. So that Howard area. So that one's actually in Northeast. Oh, Northeast. Yeah, oh, okay. Lydia and Howard um, and um, Ella Grace, they're on Northeast. Okay. But they're so nice. I mean, Ella Grace is um, fairly new as well. Um, it's small and they have an upstairs, but I don't know. It's very cozy and feeling. It does feel almost speakeasy-ish. Mm-hmm. The way it has like the exposed brick inside. They have good music. And one thing I do love about there that I realized when I went last time, and I've been there a couple times because, you know, I'm a, I'm a, a repeat, <laughs> repeat customer. I'll yeah. go back over and over again. But, you know, I went there recently, and one thing I noticed is that they play a lot of, like, D.C. artists in there. So I really like that because I felt like there was an artist that I had listened to, and, you know, I hadn't heard a lot of his music everywhere, you know, and he's just not an artist that necessarily plays, I feel like, outside of D.C. Mm-hmm. so much, at least not right now. Yeah. But they are very good about playing D.C. artists. And he's also from that area, so it's very cute to, like, very cool. you know, I feel yeah. like that might be a thing for him or, like, just people from the area in general who are like, oh, this is one of ours yeah. in our place, you yep. know? So I really liked that idea, so yeah. I like that. And then they had these really good salmon sliders. Mm. I got a, a meal of that. Took some to go, came back again. Like, okay, you know, I'm in the city <laughs> anyways. <laughs> oh, listen, I'll go back a thousand times when I like something. There's yeah. just no end. You will see me forever. So, so the salmon sliders. Okay. Salmon sliders. Write that down if you're listening. Oh, listen, delicious, beautiful presentation. Definitely go there. Um, what else is on there? The grill. So it's really romantic. It's very sexy. But one thing I really liked there, they had these deviled eggs with mm. caviar on top oh yeah and like i, I love deviled like, eggs you know it was really getting luxurious and yeah. we liked that they were so good the textures like and then also the deviled eggs like it wasn't just eggy like something about it was just so filling and like 
full bodied about mm-hmm. the egg filling. It was just so good. I mean, it's memorable that one dish. Yeah. But I, I mean, love the way you describe that. You are a true foodie. I love thank that. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. I try. I mean, I feel like I really get into these foods. Like, it's just an experience for me. It's not just like a meal. And I feel like that's why it's so easy for me to talk about so much because I really do feel like, like just so much excitement from trying new foods and like thinking about this restaurant did it this way versus this one doing it this way. And I've never had this before. Like it excites me. It's like getting a new car like every single time and I can get it five times in a week. So, I mean, it works for me. So I love eating out. Um, There's another one I really like called Highlands. Okay. So, you know, again, I'm not that adventurous. I'm getting there. I'm starting, you know, with, especially with this, I'm really getting there. Highlands it's very DC as well. I feel like it's also very Chocolate City, old school DC vibes. Um, very family-ish. Like everybody in there was just talking, chattering. Like you felt like you were literally at somebody's little family reunion, somebody's backyard. Like Got it. they were just so homey and like laughing. And would just, you describe it like a cafe feel in there versus like a larger restaurant? Yeah, or because that's what I'm thinking when you're describing it. Yeah, like it is like cafe-ish in the sense that it's smaller. It's like old school restaurants. It kind of reminds me of like the way 50s tables were set up, like along the walls with like little circle booth type things, Mm -hmm. you know? Like it was really cute and it just really felt like home. Um, They were all in great moods and they come over, what do you want, honey? And I'm like, yeah, I am honey today. (laughs) Like I'll I'll have everything. Like it was just really cute. Um, They had really good lamb chops. Mm -hmm. I don't eat pork, but you know, I smelt the pork chops. It it was tempting. Like I was out here like, you know, I haven't had pork in maybe like 20 years mm-hmm. should I try it today was tempting you. it was tempting me when I tell you I was like ask my friend I'm like okay so exp- <laughs> just describe it to me a little more like right. talk about it and she was like girl move back like get away oh, from right. me like <laughs> let me eat my food I'm like no no talk about it because like it smells really good right. and I don't know if I'm tempting myself or you're tempting me so why don't you tempt me like get me to get me to eat it because yeah. I want to yeah but it was just such a cute vibe it was really nice there it's definitely somewhere that you can get like your friends together and really have a cute meal or I feel like it would be cute for like a one-on-one type of deal too just because of the fact that it's so intimate in there like not intimate in the sense that it's romantic or sexy but intimate in the sense that it seems like like everybody in there is family like so I really liked it there yeah um another place for friends that I really liked one of my top 10 station four I went there for my 24th birthday or 25th I think 24th birthday. Mm-hmm. I went there, had a bottomless brunch, and you know, DC, we love that. Wait a second. Where is this located? So it's actually off of the Southwest waterfront. Okay. So it's super cute. Okay. Went there. We actually went there because we were going to another place, and my friends are late, like always, you know, like they always are. Super late. We missed our reservation somewhere, and I'm like, yeah, it's my birthday. We got to go somewhere. Oh, that's a foodie no-no. Let's not miss the reservation. Okay. Never miss the reservation, Okay. <laughs> But yeah, we went ahead and decided to go to somewhere else. Station four had tables open and it was divine. I mean, the steak there was so good. It was, it was so good. I mean, I got it cooked medium rare, but I'm like, I could have gotten it rarer because it was so good and just such good quality that I felt like I could, whatever you guys give me, I trusted at this point. Like it was just so filling, so flavorful. Like I was out here dipping the fries in the little steak sauce after I've like cut into it. It was just so good. Mm -hmm that good like they had a great chimichurri sauce is that how you say it chimichurri Mm -hmm. chimichurri chimichurri something like that yeah (laughs) it was delicious i actually took something to go i finished the steak and i still took it to go i was like i'm gonna figure something out like i'm gonna put this with something or i'm gonna eat it with a spoon because it was just so delicious wow loved it there and of course a bottomless brunch can't be topped dc's great for that there's tons of bottomless brunch places but when we went there it was like i don't know there wasn't a ton of people there but like everybody was having a great time you know they had great music 
it was a lot of birthdays that seemed like I think everybody there was for a birthday because there, I mean there was cakes galore everybody mm. was up there dancing like it was just so a good scene to celebrate it was a good, good scene, food a great vibe okay. love it there um so that's another what number are we at I feel like I might have one more one more um, retro Bottega okay so I actually found that one from TikTok TikTok is becoming Google. TikTok is very valuable in learning it things. It is. It's a great source. I mean, TikTok, again, you're getting it from someone who has very little to gain from lying. Like, they're going to just say what they feel. It's the little, small little bits of, look at what I did. Look where I went. Figure out what you care about this. I mean, yeah, you decide. So I do search on TikTok sometimes. I do use that as a source. I mean, just like I search through Instagram to find new places, I'll go on TikTok. And I found them on TikTok. Some girls had gone there, and it was just... It was very cute. I'm like, maybe you guys made it cute, but I'm going to find out for myself. Mm-hmm. So I went there. It was delicious. Italian food. I mean, I like Italian food, but I don't think I necessarily seek it very often. That is a place to seek. That is a place to go after. It is delicious. I mean, we had, um, ca- I don't know, I'm going to say this wrong, Casio y Pepe, okay. I think it is. So, I'm not going to correct you because I don't know. You know, <laughs> we'll, we'll say that's what it is. And if we're wrong, we're so sorry. But, you know, it was really good. It's like um, spaghetti-ish noodles, a little thicker with, like, pepper and I think, like, egg yolk maybe and, like, a little bit of cheese. I don't know. It was so good, though. It was the first time I ever had it. The waiter, he was very nice, very flirty. And he was like, no, I think that this is for you. Like, I, he's, like, looking at you. This oh. is your meal. I'm, like, looking at me. Okay. okay. You know, Meant to whatever be you see, dish. I'll take it. <laughs> if that's what you think, I'll take it. And it was so good. I mean, me and my friends are definitely the types to, like, steal off of everybody's plates. So come generous. But everything we had, everything everyone had was super good. Also, that was the first time I tried a carbonara. Mm. And, of course, that's super yeah. popular. But, again, you know, I'm breaking out of that shell. Yeah. So. That was the first time I tried it, and again, so good. Like, they made their meals, like, to the point where, like, when it comes out, the pasta, and you'll see this usually with, like, a sizzling steak or something, but the pasta came out still steaming. Steaming. Still steaming. You could smell the peppers and all of the different flavors as soon as it sat down on the table, and I feel like that there, like, wakes up my stomach. It wakes up my taste buds. It's like, come here, get this, and as for me, I'm going to say yes. So loved it there as well. So Retro Bottega is definitely a place to be. So Leah, tag. all the places that you described, the, the things that I'm noticing, well, first of all, you described the dishes so great. So anyone listening is like, I know I'm feeling like hungry, mm-hmm. like excited to try this steak at this place, mm-hmm. and this over here. Uh, but I can sense that you like a good vibe too. I do. And I think there's a lot of people out there, myself included, I love great food, but I like it in a good scene, in a good setting, in a good vibe. It, it makes a whole experience that much better. Right. And that's the one thing I'm, I'm sensing in common with all these hidden gems that you shared with us. The Definitely. vibe is great. The food is great. Uh, the scene and the people who work there are great. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you so much for sharing all of these hidden gems. I have a feeling I'm going to need to get this list from you. We're going to need to share this like a written list oh, somewhere you. unless you want to listen and like mm-hmm. keep a pencil. Uh, <laughs> but people need to try these places. They absolutely do. Yeah. Thank you so very much. I feel like this was a true pleasure speaking with you, Leah. Thank you. Um, if you're listening, once again, where can people find you? They can find me on Instagram, on TikTok, at Lunch with Leah, and that's Leah, L-I-Y-A. So Lunch with Leah on Instagram or TikTok. Follow me, share with me, talk to me. I want to know where you're going, and I want you to know where I'm going. All right. Well, you're going to have a new follower in me. Thank, Thank you. you. That's it for today. We want to thank you for listening and thank our contributors to this episode, Marielle, DMV dine-in producer, phenomenal bartender and foodie, who shared her favorite list of spring drinks with us. Which one is your favorite? Hit us up on social media and let us know. 
We also would like to give a very big thank you to our foodie contributor, Leah, with at Lunch with Leah, for meeting up with me at Cafe Del Sur in DuPont Circle to share her list of hidden gems in the DMV. We'll be sharing these drinks and places on our social media, so you can catch that list at DMV Dine-In. And don't forget to start following at Lunch with Leah to see what other great restaurants she recommends. Do you have your own list of restaurants and bars you think deserve a spot on this hidden gems list? Let us know. You can go to our website and fill out an online form. And who knows? Maybe you'll be our next guest on the DMV Dine-In Podcast. Until next time, I'm Elena Spinola. Thanks for dining with us, DMV style. Cheers. You've been listening to the DMV Dine-In Podcast. For anyone who loves food, restaurants in the news, and hotspots all around D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe and leave a review. To learn more about the DMV Dine-In Podcast, check out our website at dmvdinein.com and follow us everywhere on social media at dmvdinein.